You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, February 6th, 2018, and I am John B. from gangreennation.com. Now, if you enjoy this show, please consider subscribing to it. You can do so on iTunes or Spotify. And if you do so, we will deliver this show to your device each morning so you can listen to it on demand wherever you want to go, whether it's at the gym, whether you're going on a run, whether you're on your commute, you can listen to the show whenever you want. It'll make life easy on you. And if you really enjoy the show, please consider giving it a good review in iTunes. It helps us out, and we appreciate it. Today's topic is hope. It's, uh, it's what our show is going to be about. Um, I can tell you that I know Philadelphia is not necessarily the most sympathetic city when it, we're talking about New York fans, but I always feel, part of me always feels kind of good when a team that has not won in a long time wins a championship. Um, and that's not just true in football, it's true in any sport. And part of the reason of that is it gives me hope for the future because it shows me, it's a reminder that even if a franchise has struggled for a long time, there's, it, can turn, it can turn around and eventually a team can reach the summit of its sport. And I was thinking back to last year, how, and this was actually going to be a big part of my, uh, big part of our podcast's as the Atlanta, if the Atlanta Falcons won the Super Bowl, because the Falcons have had a not so stellar history, and I remember as I was watching that game, as the Falcons jumped out to the big lead against New England, I was thinking about what I would say on the podcast, and I was going to talk about that a little bit. I was going to talk about how the fact the Falcons had not won in a while, and of course they did not ultimately win the championship, but just another example of a team that struggles for a long time and eventually puts it all together and. It's the kind of thing that, when you root for the Jets, it's a franchise that is now going on 50 years without a championship. You, you need to have hope. But our championship team this year, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, should give you hope in a different sense. And that's because this is a franchise that had been really very, one of the most aimless franchises in sports up to less than two years ago. And the turnaround they had is pretty remarkable. And the reason I talk about how aimless they, they were is because if you look at some of the major moves that they made as a franchise, it tried to figure out some sort of pattern, some sort of cohesive vision. You, it's really tough to find one. I mean, some of these moves, some of the moves on their own did not make much sense. But when you look at them as a series of moves, they really make no sense. And the point is, and we're going to look at some of these moves, but the ultimate point is that even if your franchise doesn't look like it knows what it's doing, sometimes you can turn things around very quickly. And that's the kind of thing that should at least give Jets fans a little bit of hope. Now, we know the Jets have been doing things the wrong way for decades. I mean, there have been only a handful of stretches where the Jets have been a well-run organization since the Namath days. So, obviously, there are no guarantees, but we're not talking about guarantees. We're just talking about hope. So, let's just talk about some of the things the Eagles have done in recent seasons. You know, some of the things that have happened that got them to this point. And you really kind of have to go back to 
the end of the 2012 season, and that's when they made a big change. At that point, they were struggling, and they decided to let longtime coach Andy Reid go. Reid had, uh, a long, again, a long tenure. He had been with the Eagles since 1999. That's when he had been hired by Philly, and they felt like it was time for a change. They had a really rough 2012. The 2011 team had not reached expectations, and even though Reid is a good coach, I think they were probably justified in making that move. You know, sometimes sometimes you just need a fresh start. Sometimes a coach wears out his effectiveness. Sometimes he, he, the locker room just decides it needs a new voice. So what they did was they made a big splash with their hire. And after a long courtship where it looked like at first they were not going to be able to get him, they made a second run to Chip Kelly, who was coach at Oregon. He was uh, a, guy, a guy who was viewed as an innovator on the offensive side of the football. And you can understand why they swung. It, it was kind of swinging for the fences. There were lots of questions about how Kelly could adapt to the NFL. He only had a handful of years of college coaching experience, and there was no real NFL experience there. So there was some risk involved. They were swinging for the fences, though, with a guy who was kind of an innovative thinker, a guy who uh, you know they felt had a lot of potential. And the first couple of years looked pretty good. They really did not have anything resembling a great quarterback, but they still won They won the NFC East the first year. Nick Foles had a great year. Of course, we know Foles, who had, was the Super Bowl MVP, really did nothing between that great year with Kelly in 2013 and the two playoff games, you know, the three playoff games he won in uh, 2018. You know, he won three. Two of them were, were, were really on his back, though. Uh, and they had another winning season in 2014. Foles was not nearly as good. Mark Sanchez came in and was up and down. They barely missed the playoffs in 2014. And then things got weird for that franchise at the end of the 2014 season, where they essentially decided to demote their general manager, Howie Roseman, and put Kelly in charge of personnel. And that was a very odd decision, to say the least. Uh, and... Be, and again, it's because Kelly had been Kelly was not an NFL guy, and he certainly was not a guy who understood the intricacies of the salary cap, who really had a big time background in player evaluation. And they essentially gave Kelly full control over that franchise. It was a move that, even at the time, you were kind of scratching your head at. And Kelly decided to make over, make over the roster, and he made a number of decisions, which even at the time seemed kind of questionable. At the very least, they were not moves that seemed like slam dunks. They were moves that you know you kind of saw, felt like you had to wait and see, and they did not pan out for the most part. I mean, they traded Lashawn McCoy, the longtime, uh, longtime star back. They traded him to Buffalo for Kiko Alonso, who did not really pan out with them. They made some big moves in free agency. They brought in DeMarco Murray from Dallas. They signed Byron Maxwell to a big free agent deal, the corner from Seattle. It was a very active offseason for the Eagles. And again, there were some moves that even if you weren't opposed to them at the time, you were sitting back and saying, boy, that's an interesting move. That's a risky move. We'll have to see how that goes. And for the most part, uh, these moves did not pan out, uh, and ultimately the Eagles had a, a very disappointing season. You know, they were a team that was hoping to uh, make make a lot of noise in the 2015 season, 
and ultimately they finished seven and nine. It was not a very successful year for them. Um, this and it was very very disruptive off season. You know, as we as we were talking about, they made they made a number of moves that uh, changed the shape of the roster. A lot of you know key players on the way out. I mentioned some of them. A lot of key players on the way in. Things ultimately just did not pan out for the Eagles that season, and that led to the Eagles firing Chip Kelly, which you know okay at this point you're saying this kind of makes some sense. Okay, they they swung for the fences, did not work out. Now that now they're making a change. Well, the thing was when they fired Kelly, they re-promoted Howie Rose, but that's the guy they demoted a year earlier. So essentially, you said this guy wasn't good enough a year ago, but he's good enough now. Now, if you're you're sitting there and you're looking at that, you have to say that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? It really it really doesn't. Um, and that's you know that's the kind of thing that comes from ownership. Then you look to the first off season that Roseman has back in charge. The Eagles make a, a commitment to Sam Bradford, not a huge commitment, but they gave Sam Bradford a decent contract. At the time, it was striking how much money they gave the veteran quarterback to return to Philadelphia. And they gave, it was enough money where you felt like, if even if they weren't they weren't committing to him long term, but it was the kind of money that, it was, it was not stopgap quarterback money. It was the kind of money where you say, you know, we think this guy could be a, an answer for us. It was, it was a decent-sized contract. Then reports came out that it was, and it was, it was a very striking move. Yeah, this is one of the things you have to uh, you have to remember about that time. Is at the time it was, it was that seemed like a lot of money. It actually kind of impacted the Jets because that was the point where the Jets were trying to re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Fitzpatrick saw that contract, and you know maybe that helped set the market a little bit and help lead to some of the acrimony the Jets uh, dealt with that off season. Reports came out later that. This was not Roseman's call, that essentially this was the owner that wanted Bradford to be re-signed, which makes sense, which makes sense in, the, in the context of what the Eagles did next, because even though they had Bradford on board, they decided to make a huge trade to move up in the draft to get Carson Wentz, which leads to the question, why did you re-sign Bradford for so much money if you were going to make a move up in the draft? It doesn't really... You know, those two things don't really compute. You know, you gave Bradford enough money that you felt like this is our guy, and then you make a move up in the draft where he's clearly not your guy. Um, and they, I mean, they gave up a lot to move up to the second pick in the 2016 draft to take Carson Wentz. So you can see a number of these big moves just made no sense. And that's, of course, as we found out, a report came out a little bit later that. It was the owner. The re- that was the reason behind the move is that it was the owner. The owner f- essentially was the driving force behind the Bradford contract. And, of course, the owner was the guy who demoted Roseman in the first place and gave Kelly control of the franchise. And I guess this, in some ways this should be a reminder. It should show us how important owners can be in sports. And Jeffrey Lurie is a guy who, for most of his career, has been a pretty good owner. But he had a stretch there where... The Eagles, he had the Eagles making moves that just didn't make sense. It's be, it goes beyond. Now, look, I think in retrospect, if you, if you want to take a look at big picture, you look at the job Howie Roseman's done in the last two years building this roster up, you wonder why he was demoted in the first place. You know, you, you, you kind of look back and you say, you know, that year where he was not in charge, that was a mistake. But if you look at it from a, from a uh, longer-term perspective, 
how do you run a business like this where you're demoting a guy one year, you're promoting him the next year, you know, you're you're ordering a quarterback signed this year, you're you're a few months later you're you're a few months you know maybe a few months later you're trading up to get a different quarterback. How does that make any sense? It really doesn't. But that's the way the Eagles operated. And again, a lot of this stemmed from the owner. So if you're not a fan of the owner of your team, and it's not just the Jets, I think any sports team you, you can learn from this is sometimes your owner just has a stretch where he, he struggles. Sometimes he has a stretch where what he does just doesn't make sense. And sometimes you, you learn, and sometimes you just learn how to get better. And sometimes really all you need is just to have the right crew in place because you look at what's happened since then now again the report was that Lurie was a guy driving force behind the Bradford deal well even though the Eagles had Bradford that did not prevent the people in charge from trading up for Carson Wentz and then there were a number of other smart moves you know as we talked about on yesterday's show you know one of the most important moves the Eagles made was bringing back Nick Foles and that ended up working. You know, that ended up being the difference between winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl. You look at another one of the moves that they made. That this was one that if, you know you want to talk about a move that people questioned at the time. It was the hiring of Doug Peterson. At the time, there was an article in ESPN by Ian O'Connor. It ranked the the head coach, the new head coaching hires of 2016. Peterson ranked tied for last with Ben McAdoo. And by the way, who was number one? It was Hugh Jackson, Mister One and Thirty One himself. And that, so that was a point where people questioned the Eagles, but it ended up being the right move, of course, because Peterson has done in two years has done a remarkable job with that team, and it's a that's a that itself is a reminder that sometimes it's not necessarily the hottest names who make the best coaches. Everybody likes the hot name, you know, the hot coordinator who can come in now. And now it's especially about the offensive guys, you know, the quarterbacks, coaches, the offensive coordinators who can go in and help build an offense, help develop a quarterback. And not that those things aren't important, but when people want those things, they're really describing an offensive coordinator more than they are a head coach. What you want as a head coach is a guy with leadership skills, a guy who knows how to build, a guy who can hire a good coaching staff. Those are the important attributes of a head coach. You know, everybody, another guy who was recently hired, Sean McVay, out with the Rams, and every, the, I think people get McVeigh wrong. They talk about the reason for McVeigh's success being that he's an offensive wizard. That may be. I mean, that doesn't hurt. If you bring that to the table, it helps. But the thing that impressed me about McVeigh is that he brought Wade Phillips in to run his defense. He knew what he didn't know. And he hired, you know, he made an excellent defensive coordinator hire. And to me, that's what sets McVeigh apart. And, you know, Peterson was not a hot candidate. It was a guy people didn't know about. But they saw the right traits in Peterson and they made that higher. And, it, you know, it's kind of the opposite of, you know, at the time it looked like another, maybe so to some people it looked like another aimless move for that franchise, but it actually showed that they were on the right path. So the main point of today's show is things can change quickly in the NFL. Even if, it, even if you're not doing things the right way, and even if your owner is causing problems, and I'm not sure that's necessarily true of the Jets at this point. I'm not sure the owner is the big problem with the team. But the point is that when the owner when the owner is a problem, it's almost impossible to function. And even when you have the biggest problem you can have as a franchise, and even when you make moves that just don't make sense, you can turn it around, and you can turn it around quickly. So, of course, no guarantees, but at least something that can give you hope as a Jets fan moving forward. 
Thanks for listening today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. iTunes and Spotify are your options, and please leave it a good review in iTunes. Hope you have a great Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday.